What's going on guys? So today's guest is a law student. She's looking to dip her toes in the world of law and order and courts and judges and all those different types of things. So we talk about how she can, you know, make the world a better place, make the state a better place, uh, what kind of law she's getting into, and many other topics. So here she is. This is episode 67, Carol Thompson. It's, it's my foundation. It's my faith. It's my work ethic. It's my drive. It's everything that I've tried to build for myself that has made me who I am. I actually don't know anyone who's tested positive, which is, you know, interesting for how many cases there are, but, you know. Yeah, we know um, actually a, a couple people, actually a lot of people, and uh, most of them were doing everything you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to, you know, wearing the mask, and they were actually wearing gloves too, and they were doing uh, social distancing, you know, and they still ended up with it again, you know, so I was just like, all right, so what are we doing? I know. I think that's the scary part about it is like, you really have, we, I don't think we actually know. <laughs> no. So, unfortunately. And I think we're doing the best we can, you know. Absolutely. That's really all you can do. So, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. You know, I just, you know, just working. I do security at a bank. Okay. So, I do that uh, just for like, you know, my everyday job. And then I run a business online, which I sell supplements. Okay. So, I do that. And then I do this do the podcast. I've been doing this about over a year. Yeah. I've seen a few of your episodes. Oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I watched the one with your dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I saw him the other day too, or two weekends ago, actually. Oh, really? Where at? Um, he was shooting a wedding for my boyfriend's cousin. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Well, Delaware is so small. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. What have you been doing? Just in my third year of law school. Um, it's all online. So it's definitely been a learning curve, um, trying to do the exact amount of work, but having, you know, only online lectures has been really interesting. Um, at first it was kind of novel and I liked it because it was like, Oh, I don't have to drive to campus every day and sit in traffic. Um, and then it just got old pretty quickly. (laughs) So so how's that going if you have to do it online? Is it easier for you or harder or what? Um, so in terms of my schedule, it's a lot nicer because um, I, I'm i sorry. I have a puppy and she's whining and I don't know why. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so in terms of my schedule, I don't have to drive to and from campus every day, um, which is very nice because this this semester I only have one class a day. So it would be really it would feel wasteful to me um, if I was driving to school for just an hour, hour and 20 minute class. Um, so for me personally, I like it. Um, but I know for some people, the learning style is different. So you kind of need to hear it. You need to see it. You need to be able to write it down. Um, have those kind of in-person discussions. And what I've found with my law, like my law professors, they, they kind of just lecture on zoom. There's not a lot of interaction. Um, Some of them try to do like breakout groups and ask discussion questions that way. Um, And I always find that those are helpful, but um, it doesn't happen very often. So it's definitely a lot different than um, my normal everyday law school experience right Um, sorry to interrupt this episode but i just want you to stop searching for what supplement that you need to take go to stnutrition.com hit the chat button and we'll give you options that will help you reach your goals more efficiently strong tower nutrition carries brands like accent sledge diamatize and run everything labs you know so we want to offer you podcast listeners 10% off for when you use the code STRONG. This code is only exclusive to you guys, so use it while you can. And we want you to be the fittest and healthiest you've ever been, so visit stnutrition.com to get what you need. Let's get back to episode 67 with Carol Thompson. 
So you said your third year. How long do you have to be? How long is law school? It's three years. Um, so oh, I'm in my last year. Um, sometimes it can take four if you do extended extended division. So that would be like going um, at night. I decided to go full time um, just so I could get it done. Uh, and I'm living at home, so I'm saving a lot of money by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked to go to school in Virginia, but um, it's actually a really good thing that I came home because I got a scholarship and I got to live at home and save money because mm-hmm. law school is really expensive. So, right. yeah, and uh, it's funny because so we were at UPenn uh, the other day because my wife uh, gets all her like medical stuff done there. And I heard, I overheard a lady like yelling on the phone about like, we can't, we can't learn online and stuff like that. The stuff that we have to do, we can't learn online. And I was like, I didn't ever thought of that. Like, think about the people like you, like lawyers and doctors and, you know, neurologists and those kind of studies. It's just like, how are you supposed to do that online when those are very like hands-on type things and very like, you have to learn like in person. Is it harder yeah. for you to learn? Especially in your third year of law school, a lot of the courses are designed to get you up in front of a judge or a mock like kind of judge. A lot of the pre-trial method classes were a lot of um, like mock trial um, things. So it is definitely harder. Um, I'm in a bankruptcy course this semester and most of the course was supposed to be writing bankruptcy motions and arguing them. Um, that's how it had been done traditionally in the past. But since we can't be in person, we've been doing them on Zoom, which, again, you know, you can still do it, but it's not you don't have to be standing in front of a judge. You don't have to be you know, mm-hmm. thinking on your feet as much because, you know, you have a little bit of um, it's, it's a little bit of a barrier almost to um, arguing because, you know, sometimes connections don't work or they miss what you said and you have to repeat yourself. And whereas in an actual oral argument, you only have a certain amount of time. And um, so it's, it's definitely different. Um, And it it, it sucks for people who are third year law students because we are missing those opportunities. Um, And so I'm doing an externship in the courthouse this uh, fall and we're doing kind of a every other week schedule right now. Um, And even that, you know, they're not really having trials. They're not having um, things that we can go and see and kind of observe. So it's definitely making our um, experiential learning a lot different. Yeah. Um, My friend is actually, like I said before, she's working at McGee Hospital in Philadelphia as a second year um, occupational therapist. Um, So she's in her last clinical rotation and she's been able to do it in person, but she's working there 10 hours a day. She has to like have the N95 mask on, you know, Mm. a lot of precautions and Mm -hmm. still it's like they're letting that happen. But, you know, with law school, it's like, okay, well, we know we can do these hearings on zoom. So we have, like, we can do that. Whereas for OT students and like medical students, they have to be in person. There's not, you know, there's, you you can't do anything like right. that through yeah. Zoom, so it's definitely different. <laughs> Are they? Do you do you know if like they're doing actual court sessions on Zoom? Is that what they're doing it on Zoom? Like actual? Yeah. So I, part I'm the judge that I'm working for. She um, runs the mental health court in Delaware, and so she has um, Zoom Zoom hearings. Um, I, I attended one two weeks ago and it was definitely different, but, um, the mental health court is a little bit different because it's a lot of, um, just like checking up on the defendants. And, um, so they, it's pretty official. They have it in the courtroom. There's a court reporter. So they, they try very hard to do it, um, in a way that protects the process. So, Um, Not only do they have a court reporter, but they also record the session and have it transcripted so that there's a record of the hearing. Um, So far, they I haven't seen any jury trials, but they were supposed to start them again this October um, and then kind of do like a limited like spaced out, you know, kind of set up um, and in the courtroom, they're doing like plexiglass between the defendant and the um, state side. 
for the defendant and the plaintiff side. Um, and also the judge and the court reporters all have like a plexiglass thing. So they're trying. Um, but as far as like the normal jury trial process, um, I can't see it going back to normal anytime soon. Wow. So that's crazy. So what, what was your first initial like thought into being a lawyer? Like why, why that? So, um, originally I wanted to go to school for psychology and, um, and that's what I did. So I got my degree in psychology, but, um, my stepdad was a lawyer and it all sounded really interesting. And I felt like that's, um, something that like really, really interested me. So I was like, okay, like maybe I can use both my psych psych degree and, um, my law, like a law degree. Um, and so I knew kind of going into it that I really was interested in criminal law, um, and specifically, uh, the mental health of defendants and why so many people, um, especially with substance abuse issues, like why they continue to commit crimes. Um, and so I kind of wanted to use like that background of like understanding substance abuse and mental health issues and how it relates to crime. Um, and so I was, but I was keeping my mind open to what, you know, if there was anything else, any other area of the law I liked. So I was also interested in family and I, ended up really liking property too. Um, but I worked with the Department of Justice in Delaware this summer, and I know that criminal law is where I wanna be. So now I've kind of found the, the area of the law that I really want to work in. And I think my psych degree and that background will really help me in that area, so. Man, that's gonna be, ooh, that's gonna be like, Almost like one of those like documentaries that you see, you know what I mean? You ever watch those and try, and try and like figure it out yourself? Yeah, they're the ones on Netflix are pretty interesting, and I, you know, I I've always liked crime documentaries, and that's probably why I liked criminal law so much. Yeah. Um, it also kind of um, it it was always interesting to me, and I felt like that's how my brain worked. Um, you know, some people can really work with blood and some people can work with like people. And I was like, you know what? English has always been my strong suit. I've always liked writing papers. I've always liked doing research. So, um, it's definitely, you know, a little bit more glorified when you're talking about even the documentaries are a little bit more glorified than the actual process, but, um, it is really interesting. And something I really liked about criminal law and working with the DOJ this summer was that every case was different. Um, and so every single time there was something new to work on and on a new, like interesting issue that, um, you know, I had to figure out how the law would handle it. And so it's, it's definitely, you know, the detective part of it, like the side where they like investigate is really interesting to me too, but Mm -hmm. that's a definitely a different pathway and, um, something that I probably wouldn't end up in, but, (laughs) but it's something like, uh, is I don't know how this works. So do you decide to be a prosecutor or like for the bad people, you know what I mean? Or how's that? Yes. So, um, a lot of it has to do with how you network throughout law school. So my first, uh, summer I worked for the judge I'm actually working for now. Um, I played field hockey with her daughter. So honestly, Delaware is such a small place and honestly, those connections are so important. So, um, it was really like great. I went throughout high school with her daughter. So we knew each other and she offered me a position there, just like being an intern. And that really helped me for this next summer. So this, this past summer, I was able to have references from her to get in with the DOJ. Um, and I wanted to just see if prosecution is something that I'd be interested in doing. Um, and I, and I do, again, I do really think that criminal law is where I want to be, whether or not I decide to be a prosecutor or defense attorney is kind of up in the air, but, um, definitely having those experiences and doing well in your internship will help you be noticed. Um, so if I were like to decide I wanted to be a prosecutor, I would probably just, um, once I take the bar, or, you know, at the end of this next semester, start applying there. Um, I have a job lined up, so I'm working for a different judge for a whole year. And then once that's up, I'll start looking for a, a job permanently. Um, I'm hoping that once I do a year with a judge um, in the superior court as a clerk, um, just doing re- research and writing and stuff like that, 
uh, that I'll know exactly which one, I, which side I want to be on. And then I'll start to um, apply to either the DOJ or maybe like a smaller defense firm. But um, you do get to kind of choose. And obviously your resume will help you. And um, as long as you're, you know, applying yourself and doing internships, you should be able to find a job in the area that you want to be in. But cor the corporate world's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the times you're just so, like an associate and they put you on whatever and you're working like 15, 16 hours a day, just like grinding for the partners if you want to end up being a, a partner. So corporate law is a little bit different because um, there's also like you could do either a private firm with the defense attorneys or you could do like a public defender for a few years or, you know, just to get some experience. So there's a lot of different options, which is nice. And that's what I really liked about the, the legal field in general. So yeah. what kind of, a, did something like inspire you? Like, was it because your stepdad did it or is it because like, because, you know, seeing what being a lawyer takes, I think I would start it and be like, eh, no, nah, I don't want to do this. It's too much. You know what I mean? Cause it seems like yeah. a lot. It yeah, like no, it's a definitely lot. a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean my stepdad being a lawyer and like, liking what he did mm -hmm. was definitely an inspiration to me because he he kind of found the like small area of the law that he well it's not a small area of the law but the law that he really liked so he's he's in the trust world um so he really likes um that kind of work and he loved it and i was like okay well that's not exactly what i what i want to do but i knew that if i went to law school it would open a lot of doors for me and trust me, I went through the whole, this is too, like, this is really hard. This is too hard. Do I like want to do this? Yeah. And honestly, I'm, I can't even confidently say that I knew that I liked being in law school until at least this year or the, the end of last year, which is two full years in law school. And I was still like, not sure I liked it. And, and it wasn't really so much that I didn't like what I was doing, but I never, I always felt unsure because there's a lot of people in law school who whether that it's real or it's fake, they like to pretend they have all of this, you know, their stuff together and they're really like, you know, doing well. But I think there's a lot of like facades in, in yeah. the legal world, especially in law school, whether it, it actually translates to the real world, I can't speak to yet, but in law school, there's a lot of people who just, you know, pretend that they're not struggling and it's like, okay, but how? Cause yeah, right. we had to read 600 pages in this last week. Like, how did you do it? <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Uh, do you have like an, a, a like lawyer that you kind of aspire to be like, or have you seen anyone in their profession or, you know, just in the courtroom and just see them work and you just like, Oh, I want to be like that. Is there anyone like that? Yeah. So the judge I'm working for, um, in the superior court, she's amazing. Um, she's, she, you can always tell that she, she's really listening to the parties and listening to the defendant specifically, like in the criminal world, like you, like she, when you're watching her, you can hear that she's like empathetic, yeah. but she's also like not, she's also going to like apply the law the way it's supposed to be applied. She's not going to mess around, but she's also going to be empathetic to the fact that like people are people like mm. the, ju the justice system sometimes treats people as just another like thing in the system. And what I really like about the judge I'm working for is that she doesn't do that. And she treats everybody as if their case is unique, which it is. Um, and, and I'm not saying that other judges in Delaware don't do that, but just because I've worked so closely with her, I understand like that she does stick out. Um, and also being ahead in the mental health court, she like also takes into consideration that, you know, a defendant's mental health is important. And if there's a reason or a reoccurring, like maybe tr trauma or like an abuse, and that's why they, like they commit crime. She all, she takes all of these factors into account. Um, and, you know, I think with judges in Delaware being appointed, you have a better chance of like having judges who are like that uh, versus if they're elected because, you know, elections kind of breed corruption. Um, and so I, I think Delaware's system in general, because there's a, they're appointed and there's a specific term limit and um, they have a really like unique process for how judges get to the bench. I think that that really helps. And that's what kind of makes Delaware's um, jurisdiction so unique. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so the judge I'm working for, I have gotten to know and I've learned a lot. And um, I just 
I would love to emulate like the type of lawyer that and judge that she is. If I were ever to get on the bench, I would want to be exactly like her. So yeah, I mean, and that's great too because I think that's a big problem. Is a lot of uh, either lawyers or judges, you know, there's, they see people come in and they just try to book them. You know what I mean? Oh, they did something with drugs and whatever. They just did something. All right. That's a, you know, that's five years for whatever, you know, for something small that could be easily yeah. be fixed. You know, they don't mm-hmm. give it the time to actually think about what this person's mental health is, if what their drug use addiction is and yeah. things like that, where if they just, you know, if they were able to talk to someone, if they were able to get that, situation uh, under control or that addiction under control it would they would be a totally different person absolutely you know and i think that's absolutely. that's part of a lot of what we're going right now like for me i'm not a big fan of the justice system i don't trust it at all yeah you know yeah. and i'm i'm a white male so you think yeah. i would but <laughs> i really mm-hmm. you know yeah. i really don't and I that's completely a, understand and that's a scary thing you yeah. know and again it's not everyone you know, but there's particular people when they have a mm-hmm. say and when there's money involved and, you know, just a lot of times I've seen enough documentaries and I've heard enough stories where it just like it kind of scares you. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. And, you know, it's it's kind of like a running joke that I hear sometimes between law students and they're like, oh, you're like you're going to be like the progressive prosecutor. And people are like, ha ha, like, you, like, good luck, like, because, you know, there's a lot of um prosecutors out there who who will just go completely you know toward um the fullest extent of the law they won't take into consideration any of the other surrounding circumstances whether somebody you know was fearing for their life and had to like you know do something because they were in fear of their life like there's a lot of things that uh, that prosecutors don't take into consideration and you know that's one of the things that obviously like you know, if I were to become a prosecutor that I would want to be the type of person that like considers all the factors and doesn't, you know, go after petty drug charges. And, and, and I do think, you know, having worked in the DOJ that in Delaware specifically, they, there are a lot of prosecutors who are progressive forward thinking. Um, and our attorney general who was voted in, um, in 2018, she's, I mean, she's great. I, I, I think she wants to do a lot of, um, work with criminal justice reform. Um, that's kind of the platform that she ran on and it's why I voted for her. Um, and so, you know, you'd hope to see like in our state, I, I believe that our criminal justice system for the most part works as it's intended to, but you can't say that for other states. And it is a little bit different because Delaware is so small. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we do have a little bit different of a processing, you know, whereas like in bigger states, I think that it, it just becomes like a, you know, just a wheel and, and people are just working in their system and they just want to get it processed. So I agree that I think that people don't take the time to really consider what, what they're going after, why they're doing it. Um, you know, because some, some crimes, like you said, like people, they would be okay if they just got the help that they needed. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I really like about Delaware's mental health court is that they do kind of identify defendants who would be, who would benefit from having, somebody say, look, I'm going to take an interest in your well-being, and I'm going to help you get the resources that you need. So, yeah. Uh, do you feel like there's been anything in your life that has kind of like prepared you for this? Hmm. You know what I mean? That's a good question. Um, I, this is going to sound crazy, but I always used to say that like Red Lions education, at least when we were there, yeah. really helped prepare me for the amount of reading, the amount of writing, like, yeah. like the grammar, like the way that we were taught grammar and like writing and research, at least in my experience, really prepared me one to go to college and two to like to be in law school. Um, I mean, obviously like I always liked English, so maybe taking an interest in that like helped me too, but I just felt like the teachers I had at Redline like really cared about us learning, like just like the minute things about grammar that not a lot of people like know of now. Um, and so that education definitely really helped. And obviously I have like my mom to thank for that because she sacrificed a lot to like help me go to Redline my entire life. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely that. Um, and then I also, I would say, 
that probably sports um, helped me for just the time management and the um, just absolute grit that you need to get through law school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's different than getting up at 5 a.m. and working out with your teammates, but um, setting a goal and, and, and reaching it was something that, you know, I was drilled into my brain when I was a collegiate athlete. And so I do have to, to say that those two things really prepared me to, for the amount of work, for the amount of, um, you know, just everything that it takes to get through law school. I was really well prepared, I think through those things. So where did you go to college for like your bachelor's? Um, Christopher Newport University. It's in Newport News, Virginia. Uh, okay. And you play field hockey there? Yeah. Did you get a scholarship or anything or you just like walked on? No, it was a D3 school. And yeah, so it was, I found the school late in my um, recruiting career. So there I was looking at York College of Pennsylvania and Lynchburg in Virginia. And um, I, I actually got kind of, I guess, cut from the recruiting process from Lynchburg. And, I, you know, spiteful me was like, wait, okay. So my stepdad and my mom and I all looked at like the rec- the records of like what schools play Lynchburg. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it sounds so petty. Dang, but we were like, on. okay. I was like, you know what? Like, if you don't want me, like I'm going to prove it. And so yeah. we found Christopher Newport. They consistently beat Lynchburg on like a regular basis. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try. And unfortunately, their recruiting class was full by that time. So they were like, look, like we, we've seen you play. We like your recruiting video. Like you can try to walk on. And so that's what I did. I worked my butt off over the summer um, before I went in. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, work as hard as I can and try to get on this team. And I ended up start. Well, I ended up playing the first game and then I ended up starting my freshman year. And it was like, I just wanted to laugh in the coach's face at Lynchburg. She was like, she basically told me I wasn't good enough to play there. And then. I ended up playing for a team that like would consistently beat them. <laughs> I was like, yes. Did they know who you were at all or no? Yeah. So Enza Steele, which was the, she was the head coach. Then um, she like said something to my coach freshman year after our Lynchburg game. Cause we beat them three, three, nothing. And I was starting by that point in the season. Yeah. And I, she like said something to my coach. And I can't remember now. And honestly, I think my mom would know. And I'm unfortunately, she's not here for me to ask her, but she, I remember her like making a comment about me to my coach, and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man." It was, uh, it was a really, I mean, it was an interesting story, and it's just funny because my parents were like, "You know what?" Like, I was, de- I was devastated. Like, I really yeah. wanted to play college field hockey. I, I loved the sport. I played, you know, year round for five years before that, so I was really upset. And my parents were like, "No, like, <laughs> we're not letting this happen." And so we contacted the coach and it, I mean, it was, and in all, it all in all, it became like one of the best experiences. I loved the school. I loved the campus. Like as soon as I stepped foot on that campus, I knew that if I played field hockey or not, it's where I wanted to be. Um, but I ended up luckily, thankfully being able to play all four years. And it was one of the things that we worked towards was a um, conference championship because our team had never had one. Mm-hmm. Um, they had been in the NCAA tournament for like 10 years straight. Like they were always really good, always had a winning season, but we could not get a championship until my senior year. Um, we we won the championship and it was like the best feeling in the world. So oh, that's cool. How much yeah. of a how much of a jump is from high school to D3? Is there a lot or like, is it similar? Yeah. So, and a lot of people say that like division three is like not as competitive or they try to like play it down because it's not a division one school, but really divisions are just based on how many people go to the school. So it's like kind of stupid, but um, so no, there's no scholarships in D3, but it's, it's a very competitive um, type of, um, atmosphere and so from red lion specifically like i know some high schools are very competitive but red lion you know wasn't as competitive um in field hockey so um the structure just like the structure of having a coach who had played the structure of having um like a very organized like system of how she ran things because she coached there for 10 years or, or 
maybe 11 years before I got there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she, she kind of had a system and it really worked, um, for her. And so, yeah, it was definitely a lot more running. We had like weight training, which I had never in my life, like weight trained before. Um, so that was definitely new. Like I, I went into school, I think my co- my freshman year of college, I was 99 pounds after the first year, I was like 120. I was like, I gained so much weight, but it was all muscle because Jets. we actually like lifted and like, <laughs> you know, it was, and, and that, that was really like for the first time I started really liking strength training and fitness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that aspect of it made me such a better player. Cause I used to be able, like, I, I was really quick and I, you know, could get, around people but as soon as there was like a body to to me i was like on the ground because i didn't have a lot of balance and i didn't have a lot of strength in my legs and Mm so just those things like really made me into a better player i think and that that really helped so yeah i mean i'm even telling that to my nephews now they're uh i got two uh that are entering uh high school they so one one lives in jersey and then the other uh is a freshman at saint mark's you know, okay. so for him, you know, he's a baseball player. And I'm like, dude, even with baseball, you need to, you need to weight train. You know what I mean? Yeah, Like absolutely. you don't, you don't see a lot of baseball players. They'll all look fat and lazy, you know, yeah. a lot of, you know, <laughs> so it's just like, I'm telling you, you'll be a so much better athlete when you're training and it gives you that edge above everyone else. Cause no one else in high school is going to be doing that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it'll get you that edge when you're looking to yeah. play in college. I mean, when when I was a, I think I was a senior, junior or senior in high school, uh, I decided I wanted to lift with the football team. So yeah. after after practice, I would go and train with the football team. Mm-hmm. I was the only soccer player to do that. Yeah. And you know, I saw it. I continually, I continually, you know, got better. And I got, I started getting bigger and then that's how, you know, I got into kind of personal training a little bit because I wanted to be like that strength and conditioning coach that I had, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, uh, I was like, I want to do his job. How do I get to do that? Yeah. You know, and then luckily later down the road, I got to do that. But what kind of, uh, weight train do you remember? Like what kind of weight training you did? Was it specific to field hockey? Yeah. So we did a lot of lower body. Um, and we still did full body stuff. So there was like a lot of, um, like a lot of the stuff we did was like squat, um, like RDL, uh, front squat type of like really like heavy on the legs. Um, just because you need that when you're like getting low, um, in field hockey. Um, but we also did a lot of core strength. So like before every single workout, we would do like eight or 10 exercises. So like whatever, how many, ever many reps he had on the board, we would do those like first or sometimes we'd do them last. It kind of depended on like what he wanted us to do. But mm-hmm. a lot of it was, I mean, three days a week we were hitting legs mm-hmm. and then, um, but we were also always hitting full body in those workouts. So like, even if it was leg heavy, we would still have some kind of like tricep work or, oh, you yeah. know, um, like, bench press or something like we would do that in the you know so I was always feeling like really sore everywhere mm-hmm. um but something I didn't really under, understand and nobody had like really talked to me about my freshman year was like how important it was to like have eat a lot of protein afterwards and so like my freshman year I was always like sore and I was like getting injured because I like wasn't eating enough I was like like lifting all these heavy weights but I was like never eating enough to like keep up with it so sophomore year um, cause we always had like the on season, which was in the fall and then spring season was like the really heavy, like weight training. And so finally I started like eating more like protein first of all, but then just in general, like in intake and calories. And that's when I saw I got faster, I was stronger. I mean, it was, yeah. Sophomore year was like when I really took all of it very seriously. And I was like trying to go up and wait every week. Like he was saying five pounds. I was trying to hit 10, like, yeah that was when I was at my best was like trying to push myself every time. Um, and it was sophomore year was the same. It was still like pretty leg heavy, mm. but there were still some smaller, like lower weight, but higher rep things with our arms. So, right. so was it, cause I know it's D three and they're not going to have like a whole, like a actual weight training coach and a nutritionist and all that. Uh, well, we did have a weight training coach, so we oh, did have, did? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, we didn't have a nutritionist, so, like, nobody ever – I mean, my coach was kind of trying to be that for us, like, mm-hmm. but she was vegan, so, like, for her oh. – she, like, tried to eat, get us to eat really healthy, but, like, yeah, nobody wanted to be vegan, too, yeah, yeah. so, like and, – and that's not good for your body as an athlete, mm-hmm. so, like, we, you know, we would eat, like, really healthy stuff, but she would, like, always make sure we were fed, you know, like, yeah. we weren't so – we, we never were starving, but – um yeah, we never had like somebody come in and be like, this is what you need if you're doing this, like, mm. and which I kind of wish I had, but I looked into it myself, um, my sophomore year. And that's kind of when I started to like drink protein shakes after working out and then like, you know, eating small snacks throughout the day and then having like a nice, like big dinner and like whatever. So, so did that kind of, did that like athlete lifestyle stick with you after, or like, do you do that stuff now? Like, are you working out and stuff like that or no? So I'm definitely working out. Um, this summer was like really, really hard for me. Um, I, I was working out at retro for a long time mm-hmm. in bear mm-hmm. and I liked it, but it, the equipment was old. It was starting to get like kind of dingy. Mm-hmm. And like, I, you know, I started to hate working out there. Um, so I started and obviously post Corona, it's like different, but I started using this app that's free and they have like a bunch of different categories. So now I'm doing more like less strength training and more like, um, like full body, more like Pilates type stuff, okay. which I, like, I will, you know, I like it. I do miss strength training and I, you know, at some point when I'm making money and I'm not like a student anymore, I'll probably right. hit a gym. Yeah. Um, but for now I'm just trying to get my body moving. Cause for a couple months there, I was just like too emotionally, like not good. So I was like, okay, like, I just need to move, like yeah. get my body moving, whether that's walking or whether, you know, I have a, a, a healthier relationship with exercise mm. because before it was like, you know, it was never like unhealthy, but it was like always stressful. Cause I felt like I had to do it or else I was going to lose my spot. Yeah. Um, and that would kind of make me hate it. Um, so once I changed my mindset about like, it's like, no, exercise is a, is a gift for your body that kind of started to make it a priority mm-hmm. as opposed to something I felt like I had to do. Cause I like either didn't want to get fat or it didn't like what, whatever the case was, it was like not ever a healthy way of thinking about it. Right. Um, which, you know, you'd think like having been an athlete for so long and having such a healthy, like routine that I would have kept it but law school was stressful and life was stressful and Mm -hmm. I was kind of like trying to figure out how to step like having gone been an athlete for 10 years and then having it just like stop so abruptly was a really weird hard transition for me um but I definitely think I'm working towards making it you know a priority as because it's like good for my body as opposed to being like I have to do it you know so right I mean I I was I was the same way you know, from being a, from being an athlete and doing things constantly, you know, always at a practice of some sort, you know, always doing something. And then you finish high school. And then for me, I didn't go to college. So I went straight into working, you know, I was just working full time and I just noticed myself getting fat and I was like, all right, I want to get back into, you know, so I started working out here and there. It wasn't the same, you Mm -hmm. know, but then along the lines, I found, I went to school for personal training. I did all that stuff. And then I ended up bodybuilding, did all that. And then, so when I was bodybuilding, I was training at a different level that I've never trained before in my life, like an animal. That was all in my head. You know, bodybuilding, I ate, slept, everything, you know, just bodybuilding. That's what my life would consist of. So, and then now it's just like, sometimes I'm like, I have to work out like that. But I'm like, wait, no, what am I doing? I don't need to work out like that, you know? It's just, uh, it's kind of hard mentally to, like, find what is supposed to, what you're supposed to do now. Like, what's going to work for me now, you know? Because I really, I really hated when people used to say, or people still say, it. like, I looked the best when I was in high school, when I was playing, and I was an athlete, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say I looked the best in high school. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I, I, I say the same thing about college, but yeah. And and something that, you know, you, you bring up a good point. It's like, I looked my best when I was doing this. Well, like, 
life changes so much. Like there's yeah. so many factors and it's like, okay, well, yeah, maybe you looked good in high school because you didn't have to worry about where, like you didn't have to worry about working. You didn't have to worry about where your food was coming from. Like mm-hmm. you didn't have to like cook for yourself. Like you literally had like all of these things handed to you because you were, you know, being taken care of and now you're taking care of yourself and it looks different. And also we're adults now. Like that's the other thing that, you know, I used to be like, Oh, I looked so good in high school, but you know, I, no, like I was a child. Like I, I like my body now. Like I'm like, because I'm, I'm stronger. I'm, you know, I'm more fit for my age. Like you kind of have to start thinking about it in terms of, uh, what, what's working at your age. And as long as you're doing something like exercise, just, it needs to be a part of your daily routine. It doesn't have to be like your entire life, which I think as athletes, we can both agree that, it, it feels like it has to be, it's like all or nothing, mm. but it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah, exactly. So. And it's not just physical. You know, I preach to people all the time. Like I can't stress it. I sound like a broken record. Like I just, I talk, I can't talk enough about how it helps you mentally because, mm-hmm. you know, just like where you're going to be going into and stuff is like all about mental health and how to help people with that, you know, rather than just popping a pill and getting on drugs. Yeah. You know, I'm a big proponent Absolutely. of, you know, trying to get people to exercise. It does. You don't have to bench press. You don't have to, you know, lift weights. Do any kind of exercise. It's mm-hmm. gonna and challenge yourself. If you yeah. challenge yourself at something, you're gonna see how much you grow. Not just physically, but mentally and spiritually even. You know, yeah. and uh, I don't know. It's just something that I'm very passionate about. You know, because yeah. uh, people. I mean, just being a trainer, I saw it all the time. And, and that's what made me kind of stop training people is everyone wants to lose weight, right? Yeah. Everyone, oh, I need, I want to lose this many pounds, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, but that's going to be over time. You got to yeah. have a short-term goal here. You know what I mean? You got to figure out what's going to help you get through that to, to reach that long-term goal. Because yeah. if you don't have that, you're going to quit, which a lot of people did. A lot of people quit after less than a month. And, you know, yeah. it kind of just like deterred me from wanting to train people for weight loss. So now what yeah. I do, I train athletes. Mm-hmm. So I train uh, an MMA fighter who's currently trying to find her first pro fight. Okay. And then I am trying to get, I have three other, so one's a kid. I think he's like 16 or something and he wants to fight. So I'm going to, yeah, so I'm going to, uh, probably work with him and there's a couple other people and that's, what's fun for me is like, cause athletes, athletes know what they want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause you yeah. know what your, you know what the goal is and you know what you yeah. need and all that kind of stuff. Whereas someone that wants to lose weight, they're like, eh, they're like tiptoeing around it. Yeah. If they really want to do it or not. Well, and I think that goes back to like the athlete mentality. Like I feel like I'm, and I'm sure maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like if there was, you had a retired athlete who wanted to lose weight, it'd be a lot easier because they know like what it means to set a goal and know that like goals don't happen overnight. I mean, Mm -hmm. for me specifically, like our CAC goal took four years. Like it took four years of, you know, getting to the championship and losing in overtime every single time Mm -hmm. to come back and win in overtime. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm sure for people who just, you know, let themselves go and were never either athletes or never really like set a goal and accomplished it in a way that was like, you know, meaningful, it's probably a lot harder. I can't even imagine how to motivate people like that because it's like, you know, it's like you have to want it and you have to have to set up things along the way to get there. And, you know, some people aren't aren't in it for the long run. So I can't imagine how frustrating that must be. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, exactly. So I saw some pictures that you got a new dog. I did. Yeah. Yes. So how's that been it, for you? So everything people say about getting a dog, a puppy is yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. hard. Um, <laughs> it's harder than they even prepare you for. Of course. Um, but she, and, and, and we got the most energetic breed. Um, it's a German uh, short haired pointer. So she's a uh, like small game type of hunting dog. Right, yeah sporting dog type thing. Um, so she will be, I, I guess she's 10 weeks now. We got her when she was eight weeks. Um, she is full of energy. 
Um, she, but she's learning. She's she can sit. She can lay down. She can get in her bed. <laughs> um, she sleeps pretty much through the night. Sometimes yeah. she has to get out to pee, but she does that pretty well. Yeah. So as opposed to the first couple nights when we tried to put her in the crate, she was like screaming her head off, right. freaking out. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's really, she's really fun. Um, this is my first dog. I've never had a dog before. That was my own. Oh, cool. So yeah. So I'm, you know, it, she's been helping me a lot uh, emotionally too, just having a yeah. little furry companion friend. So been going well yeah i mean there's nothing like having the dog like be there at the door like waiting for you when you get home like when i come home at night and my dog's like at the door i'm like oh hey you know (laughs) yeah doesn't your dog have like a unique name what did you name her her name's shia lascruff (laughs) shia lascruff that's what it was yeah (laughs) that's funny that's funny yeah we we liked the name shia um and my boyfriend's favorite uh, actor Shia LaBeouf so I jokingly was like we're gonna name her Shia LaScroft and then Shia stuck um yeah. and it's actually you know it, we don't know a lot of dogs named Shia yeah I don't know any dogs named Shia so yeah so well, yeah well it's like we named our Ziva and yeah, like Ziva she's a character on NCIS and she's like a like a badass like she's a tough woman to deal with and that kind of stuff yeah. so and my wife loves that character, so she was like, "Oh, we're gonna name our dog Ziva." I was like, "All right, I'm good with that." And it's what unique. kind of dog is your dog? She's a Rottweiler mix, and we think she's mixed with like Australian Shepherd or something like that. Okay, yeah, she's a little fluffy. I feel like I've seen that. Yeah, but definitely, yeah. I mean, she has a lot of Rottweiler. Yeah, I can know? see that too. Yeah, I mean, we uh, so we uh, adopted her. I think she was eight weeks. I'm pretty sure. And uh, we had her for about like three days and she got sick. So I thought I did something to it because I got her a new bone that had like peanut butter in it, right? Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, she's going to be so excited to have this. And and then she started eating it, but then she wasn't eating it anymore. And then I was like, after a couple of days, she just wasn't eating at all. She wasn't eating or drinking. So we took her to the vet. The vet kept saying, okay, she tested negative for Parvo. So I don't know if you know what parvo is. Mm-mm. It's like a it's like a disease that's very uh, um, like kind of contagious to puppies. Like okay. Puppies can die from it. Yeah, like it's that bad. Uh, oh. I think if an older dog gets it, it's just like they give them something and they can get rid of it. But for puppies, they can die. And after just having her for three days, we were very attached already. Like we loved yeah. her to death, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, we went to three different vets. Uh, oh, my gosh. So, our regular vet and then two emergency vets. And then the, t- the third the third vet we went to was an emergency vet out in uh, Newcastle. And uh, we we took her there, and they were like, well, we need to take her in right now. I was like, we were like, what? So, I know. It was sad. I... I getting upset right now so yeah she's she was, okay though yeah she's okay now but she was hospitalized for a week oh my god yeah so we so we were getting calls every single night about how she was doing and stuff and we we're just praying and uh i would be at work because that back then i worked at a supplement shop and i would just be sitting there like hoping no one came in and i would be crying mm. you know and uh yeah just thinking about it you know, it was just one of the, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Yeah. It was awful, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like your kid at that point. Yeah. Oh, I completely. And I mean, yeah. I knew, of, like, I've always wanted a dog, so I knew it was going to be like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I I can't imagine. That's the scariest thing ever. Like, I yeah. I can't believe you had to go through that. <laughs> As like, especially at three days three days having her i mean that's like that's nightmare fuel (laughs) yeah but the thing i tell my wife i was like i would do it all over again you know uh you know spending the money all that kind of stuff and uh like whatever i would just do it again if i had to yeah for her i I completely understand that (laughs) yeah but what um what kind of stuff do you like uh, do with her? Because I mean, she's still young, so you don't really take her too many places, right? No, there. So there's a park uh, right, really close to my boyfriend's house in Smyrna. Um, it's I, don't, I think it's called like Oak 
Oakland or Oakfield or something like that. Um, and so I just take her out there and run with her because yeah. she is like so high energy that yeah. she needs to run. Um, and so I'll take her and I, I'll keep her on the leash, but I'll, I'll run, like I'll sprint, like get some like exercise in and like, I'll do a sprint and she'll just be like following me. Right. Um, so that's the most thing that we've done with her so far. We took her to Lums Pond dog park as well. I think the like second weekend we had her mm-hmm. and she, she's really good with other dogs. She's really good with other people. She's really good with kids. I'm like, okay. So she's showing me all the signs of like a really good dog, which is good because you know, the scariest thing is like having a dog that bites people or has a dog that like runs away, but she has like a healthy fear of like being too far from us. So like, if she gets out of our sight, she'll like come looking for us, which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, so far she really likes tug of war, but she'll chew anything. Like she'll tug of war with anything. That's like, she's not supposed to have like earlier. She was trying to like tug of war with my computer charger. I was like, you're going to get electrocuted. (laughs) please don't do that yeah but, it's the tough stuff man when they have to like you gotta put stuff up and you don't know what they're gonna go for and yeah i don't, I don't miss those days yeah <laughs> well and you know i she's already gotten bigger we've only had her for this it'll be two weeks tomorrow so she's already gotten bigger which mm-hmm. i mean i personally love her at this little phase because yeah. she's really soft and she likes to cuddle and Kevin's like, I can't wait for her to be big so I can take her on runs so I can do all this with her. I'm like, I can I completely get it, but yeah. you're going to miss when she's small. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that she's going to be a giant lap dog. She's only supposed to get between 50 and 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to be bigger because she's got giant paws. Yeah. Um, but I also think she's going to try to sit on me at 60 pounds because that's what she does now. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what my dog does. And she's, she's pushing 100. So... <laughs> that's sweet yeah but uh so this is so another question about like uh being a lawyer and stuff like what do you think that anyone could be a lawyer like do you or does it take something special that's a hard question um like is it just something that you have to study for or do you need something else so i would say that to be a really good lawyer, mm-hmm. you do need something else. Yeah. Um, like lawyers, if you, it, you know, if you just want to do your job and like it, you know, you understand how to make arguments, like just to like formulate a like reasonable argument, I think you can do it. Um, but the best lawyers like think like five steps ahead. Like they're, they're thinking about their argument, but they're also thinking about like the, counter argument and the minute like other argument that could be made over here and, mm-hmm. and and then they have something to counter that um so so the best lawyers i've seen are you know really prepared think really like really quickly on their feet um so in that respect i think you do need to like to be a really good lawyer you do have to have kind of like that special like quick really quick like mental like capacity to be like okay counter this point like quickly mm-hmm. um but you know anybody can can read and kind of like apply something like i would i think if you're analytical enough like you can apply things like apply the facts to the law Mm -hmm. then you can do that um you know but some people's brains just don't work that way yeah so you know like for me like i'm i've always you know liked english and understood english in a way that like you know, because a lot of the things that turn a case on it, you know, being different from a different, like another case is mm-hmm. that there's like this one word in the statute means something different when you apply it here. Like you just have to be able to think about all of the different angles or like all of the different ways that argument can be made. Yeah. Um, so my stepdad, you know, when I was like worried about going to law school, he was like, Oh, it's just applying facts to a fact pattern. Like it's just writing and you like, you can do it. And you know, he made it seem very simple, but it's not that simple, yeah. you know, it, but he was also, he always used to say he was a terrible student. Like he didn't like to read. He didn't like to do homework. Like he, he was a terrible student from what I've, gathered he had he graduated and you know that's fine like some and i i like being a student so for me it's like i don't i i I like doing those things because i can 
check marks off my task list. Like I, I love making lists and I love putting a check mark next to the things I do. Even, uh, even like small things like, Oh, I need to empty the trash. It's on my list. Yeah. Like check it off. But my stepdad, he's, he's the type of person that thinks really well on his feet. And he does, I mean, he's not a litigating lawyer, so he doesn't like go to court. Yeah. Um, but he works with clients of like in the trust world. So a lot of, you know, like estates and a lot of like old money type stuff, you know, or people who have a lot of money and they want to like protect it or save it or do whatever they want to do with it. And so, but he, so he's like the type of person who can, is really well-spoken, can think quickly on their feet. Whereas I'm not as well-spoken and I can't think as quickly on my feet. Sometimes like words escape my brain and I'm like, uh. (laughs) but I can write it. I can write it out on paper. Like I could write you like a 10 page motion and it'll sound great, but arguing it out loud, like that's the one thing about the legal field that I am concerned about because I haven't had an opportunity to oral argue as much as, you know, I would have if the pandemic and zoom school didn't happen. Um, and so those are the things that I am concerned about, but so we will see, I don't know. So in short, in long, that, that question is hard to answer because um, I, I do think to be a really good lawyer, you do have to have a little bit something else. So, yeah, because, I mean, you look at Ted Bundy, you know what I mean? I mean, he had a whole nother life. He could have been a great lawyer. Yeah. But then he decided he wanted to kill a bunch of people. So he did. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but, I mean, that kind of, that's, that's the kind of thing that fascinates me. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I've watched so many different documentaries on his story. And the things that he came up with is just like, I was like, dude, you were so smart. Yeah. Like why? But then he also had this chemical imbalance that made him do the things that he did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the craziest part. And that's, you know, another reason why I liked psychology so much is because of the mind is so powerful. It's like oh. almost scary, you know, and, yeah. and so psychology wasn't really taken as seriously as of a science as yeah. other sciences have been. But I think people are starting to get it. Like, the brain is really, really powerful, like in so many ways. It's just, I mean, a lot of it's chemical, obviously, because, you know, if you got bit by a shark, your adrenaline would pump and you like kind of wouldn't be able to feel it enough to get away. You know what I mean? But you stub your toe and it's the worst pain of your life because it's like not life threatening, but it's Mm -hmm. like your brain's like, you didn't need adrenaline for that. So good luck. (laughs) So it's just crazy. I don't know. Yeah, like I was listening to something and it was, I forget what it was. It might have been like something on Joe Rogan. And they were talking about being under pressure and how, you know, back in, say, like the Native American times, you know, like living there, they don't know what pressure is. They don't have to deal with that, you know. Mm -hmm. So as we evolve and as we, you know, uh, create more things and uh, just become the kind of people we are now. I think that's why we're seeing a whole bunch of anxiety, depression, you know, suicide, all this kind of stuff because of all the pressure. Yeah. You know, our bodies aren't made for that. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's those chemical responses, you know, that tell us like, oh, we need to do this, you know, and everyone's is going to be different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I mean, it's just the craziest thing. But I mean, another question I had was, is it in, in law school, is it, is there a camaraderie or is it like competitive? <laughs> I, I, so I would say it's definitely competitive. Um, for me personally, I, I found a group of people who, you know, we do have a lot of camaraderie. Like we, we, we love each other. We want to help each other get like through it because we're all like, this sucks. And like, you know, you want to help push your friends through it. And so like, if you have a good outline and you found one or somebody shared it with you, like I'm going to share it with my friends because yeah. that for me personally, is like, if, if they're doing well, I'm doing well too. That's not the case with everyone. Like, and I can't, I can't speak to, you know, th- they call them gunners in, in law school. They're like the, mm. the people who are like, you know, they want to raise their hand for every question and they want to show off that they like read the case 17 times. And oh, I'm like, I can annoying. barely get through 
all of the reading that I'm doing. Like you had time to reread that case anyway. So there are definitely people like that, Yeah. but it's not me. <laughs> no, that's a it's, good it's thing. Not me. No, that's a good thing. Yeah, no, uh, I, I mean, and I think that puts a target on people's backs. Oh, like if you're honestly in law school, a target's always on your back. Like if you don't care, if you don't care and you, but you get good grades or you, you care too much and you get good grades or you don't get good grades or whatever. Like people are always trying to like find a reason to tear you down, but it's not going to be me. I, I want to see all of the people that, you know, I'm friends with in law school succeed so that we can, you know, all have law practices and we can all. Hi puppy dog. You want to say hi? Come here. Oh, I like how her face is all dark and then the rest of her body is like kind of spotted. Yeah, it's like um different type of patterns in um GSPs and like this this like white speckling is called uh ticking. And um like with championship dogs, like ticking is like a is a good thing. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't right, really know exactly, but but also we found out that like light eyes are more susceptible to like having issues. Uh, so even though her eyes are really pretty and I love them, mm -hmm. I kind of hope they turn brown so that like there's less of a chance that she'll have issues with them. Yeah. <laughs> he, I think he was going to take her out and then he was like, ah, I guess I'll just let her be. <laughs> Say hi. Say hi. She does Say have a lot me? of energy. She's ready to go. Yeah. You taking her out? Yeah. Thank you. Bye, baby. She's really good so far, though. Like, she, I mean, she does listen. She just gets crazy, and that, that part of it's hard because oh, yeah. her energy is, like, way too too much sometimes, especially because, like, you know, I have school. He's working, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> but. So how, how have you been stress-wise? Like, being, one, like, one, being in the pandemic, and then, two, like, being in law school. So, <laughs> those two got to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's definitely been hard. Um, this year, specifically, has been really hard. So, like, obviously, March was the pandemic. And then, in April, we found out my mom's breast cancer had metastasized. So, it made it no longer curable. Yeah. Um, and so, that, like, part of it was stressful. I had a lot of really good professors last semester who were, like, it was pass fail number one. So that helped because I just had to get through it. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I know for a fact that if that it wasn't pass fail, I probably wouldn't have done well at all last semester. Um, I was barely reading. I was taking care of my mom cause she deteriorated quickly. So I was kind of in charge of her, her care, which again is a good thing um, that the pandemic happened because otherwise I would have been at work and, or at school and, no, we would have had to probably hire someone. Yeah. Um, so the fact that I could give her the care as opposed to somebody random was good. Um, and then this semester is different because I only have two classes um, and then I have the externship. So it's less stressful because I have only two classes and then I have a judge who I work for. She knew my mom. So she you know, understands that I'm going through a lot right now. And so she's been really helpful. She obviously like gives me work to do, but mm -hmm. she's not like jumping down my throat. She's not, right. you know, she's, yeah. she's a human and she understands that, you know, this is a really hard time in my life. So I do think because I've had so much help and so much, you know, support that I'm doing pretty well considering everything. Good. Yeah. Um, but I know, you know, now we do have grades again, so I'm going to get graded for, you know, how well I do in this class and how well I do in all my classes. And so that adds another element of stress um, that, you know, I didn't have last semester, but now I do. Um, and I'm taking two business courses. So I'm taking bankruptcy law and I'm taking um, business organizations. So learning about LLCs and corporations and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which for me personally is boring so it's a little yeah. bit like eyes glaze, glaze over like i'm like oh, okay like yeah, people no. have businesses i you have, know? A, I have so, an llc and i had to like learn a little bit about it and i was like uh, i was like trying not to fall asleep yeah yeah like all of the you mm -hmm. know organizing papers and oh my gosh it's a lot it's a lot so and you know delaware is really big for corporate law and um 
business, mm -hmm. the business world. So it's definitely, it was an important class for me to take so that when I take the bar, I'll, it won't be all new to me when I'm learning it, but it's definitely like a lot harder to get through the like last semester I had criminal procedure and that was really interesting for me. And I was like, oh, okay, criminal law back in my like comfortable zone. <laughs> yeah. So when, when is the bar? Is that after you finish school? Yeah. So okay. the bar for Delaware only happens once a year. It's held in July. Um, it's a pretty hard bar. So I think the last time they took it, which would be July, 2019, cause they canceled it this year. Um, the passage rate was 52%. Um, so it's pretty low passage rate, but it, Delaware is a really unique jurisdiction and it's a really hard bar for that reason. So I will take it in July and then I'm planning to take Pennsylvania's bar in February, 2022, um, because they have reciprocity with a lot of States. And so if I decide I want to move, I just have to, you know, pass like the character and fitness and a couple other like state specific requirements but in 14 other states i would like i wouldn't have to take the bar exam again so that's cool you know i'm really proud of you that you like do all this stuff you know you. it's it's Thank not a, it's not an easy thing you know i don't think i know anyone that like is trying to be like a except for you like being a lawyer or a doctor or anything like that like and that's why i wanted to talk to you to know the ins and outs of it because it just yeah. seems like, it just seems like a lot. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a lot, but I think in the end it'll be worth it. I hope, <laughs> you know, I'm oh, hopeful that, you know, it'll all, it'll all be worth it. Um, yeah, it definitely will. You yeah. Know? But yeah, so thank you so much for coming on and, you know, yeah. I hope you, I hope you feel better. Thank you. I do. I actually do feel better talking to you. I took, oh, I took Tylenol though. So I think that broke whatever I was feeling in my throat. So I'm like, okay, but I'm supposed to go like to my friend's birthday party this weekend. And I'm like trying to like, I'm like, I don't think this is a, you know, yeah. I don't know. Cause I don't feel good and I don't want to get anyone sick. So right. waiting on that COVID test to see, not me, but my friends to see, you know, what, what's good, but yeah, I mean, that's all you can do. You yeah know? but yeah i hope you just stay strong through the pandemic and then you know hopefully this thing ends sometime I'm i hope so too <laughs> it was tired. good talking to you yeah you too and then uh you know i have to i have to get you on again once you become a lawyer and start doing some serious criminal stuff you know what i mean yeah absolutely Sounds all right like a good all right plan. carol thank you so much yeah of course have a good day all right you too